At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up of Elo. Welcome to Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast Family Podcast. Got a great podcast series. In the second segment, we're going to be going guest free, but I'm going to run through some of your Twitter questions in terms of just gauging the second half of the season. Some of the things I'm going to be taking a look at, I think the most fair way to look at it as pre deadline in terms of the trade deadline because. As we know, there will be quite a few teams that wind up selling off some of their best players in about a week or so. So it's a little bit of an awkward period for being able to handicap a lot of these teams. So I'm going to be running through that and just some of these individual players that are currently on the trade deadline as well. And then I'm also going to be taking a look at a few futures in terms of where there might be a little bit of value in terms of odds to be able to win the division. There's one in particular in the National League that I do think that the team that is number two and currently the team that is right around plus 140, plus 150-ish, depending upon where you look, is actually the team that has a ton of value. So I'm going to be diving into that in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letters here. I mean, it does not matter, size so per usual. Please do send these into the timeline. The other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. All those questions that you guys sent in with regards to being able to handicap the second half of the season, I'm going to be answering those in the second segment. So we've got you guys covered there in the first segment. Let's take a look back at everything that we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Friday. Try to find some trends. Try to get to know these teams a little bit better and call out a guy that wound up allowing an inside-the-park home run. Games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the 
Rowdy Recap. It wasn't just an inside the park home run that was allowed by the Boston Red Sox. It was an inside the park grand slam as the Toronto Blue Jays put up four touchdowns with the PATs in this game. 28-5 the final. Headlined by the fact that Remy Tapia gets an inside the park grand slam because Jaron Duran loses the ball in the lights and literally makes no effort whatsoever to get the ball. Just one of the saddest displays of baseball I've ever seen in my life. Did not wind up getting pulled for that play, by the way. Shame on Alex Cora for not doing that, but I mean, for the Red Sox, they wound up losing this game by 23 runs despite the fact that they got four home runs. Rob Rev Snyder, fourth home run of the season. Jackie Bradley Jr. is second. And Christian Vasquez goes deep twice. His seventh and eighth home runs of the season. Might be the first time to lose a game in which they have four home runs by 23 runs as Anthony Evaldi gets destroyed. That inside the park grand slam, those were all earned runs, which that needs to be done away with in my opinion. That's just sad that you can't have those be unearned runs and just have a big giant L over the picture of Jaron Duran for that. But with that said, Evaldi, minor and surrendered in two and two-thirds innings. You had Austin Davis give up five runs on four outs. He wound up being... Credited with some of those runs from that inside the park grand slam as well. You wind up from there having Caleb Ort. He got two outs. He gave up eight runs. He now has a 16.88 ERA. Darwin's and Hernandez. He gets four outs. He gives up four earned runs, five runs in total. Jake Diekman and Akasa Sadamona. They both give you a scoreless inning. And Yomer Sanchez wound up getting an inning out there to pitch. And he gave up one run along the way. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, not like Kevin Gosman was dominant here. He did get 10 strikeouts, but he allowed two home runs himself, giving up three runs over the course of five innings. But he was able to play with right around a 20-run lead for much of this game. Jeremy Beasley gives up two runs, one of which was earned in his three innings work, giving up a pair of bombs. And Anthony Banda in scoreless inning. I wound up taking the Phillies with a DK Nation pick, and I didn't do much better than the Boston Red Sox says. The Cubs, they wind up putting up six in the fifth inning and then eight runs in the final two as they wind up just destroying the Phillies. 15-2, and you oftentimes see the day after the All-Star break, well, some very interesting results, and we wound up having that in this one, as you wound up having a gentleman with two career home runs, and Nelson Vasquez get two as a pinch hitter, as he gets his third and fourth home runs of the campaign. C.A. Suzuki goes deep for his seventh home run of the campaign, and Wilson Contreras goes deep for his 14th, as Contreras gets his bomb off of Kyle Gibson. Gives up six runs over the course of four and a third innings from their jurisdiction familia. Gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning. Corey Knable, Nick Nelson, they both give you a scoreless inning. But then Jojo Romano gives up one of those home runs. Three runs in total surrendered over the course of an inning. And then Garrett Stubbs came in to pitch a ninth inning. He gave up a pair of bombs, five runs in total over the course of his inning of work. For the Phillies, both of their runs come off of solo home runs. As Kyle Schwarber gets his 30th home run season off of starter in Justin Steele. And then Derek Hall. He winds up being able to get his fifth home run of the season off of Erich Ewellman, who gives up a run in his inning of work, but for Steele, other than that solo home run, he gave up to Kyle Schwarber. Pretty flawless five innings pitch. He winds up giving up four walks, but got out of danger just giving up that solo home run. Brendan Hughes, Scott Efres, Rowan Wick. I'll give you a scoreless inning from there. You wind up having a 13-inning marathon between the Rockies and the Brewers, and the Brewers, in the end, are able to get the job done by a count of 6-5 of five as you wind up having Luis Urias be able to get a 13th inning walk-off single as Antonio Sensatella. Not a great start here. He does give up three runs over the course of five innings, including a pair of home runs. Andrew McCutcheon, 10th home run season. Then you wind up having William Adams get his 20th. And for Hunter Renfro, 
He bailed the Brewers out in the 10th inning. Team was down by two runs. Gets his 14th home run season off of Robert Stevenson. And Stevenson lost two runs, one of which was earned in the 10th inning. Bullpen overall for the Rockies was not bad in this one. It's Lucas Gilbreth, two scoreless innings. Alex Colomay, Daniel Bard, Carlos Tessevitz. I'll give you a scoreless inning. And then Jake Bird in the 13th inning. Gives up the unearned run and starts on second base. But with the Colorado Rockies... They went 1 of 18 with men in scoring position. Good grief, that was bad. You did wind up having Charlie Blackman, though. Get a home run off of one Cobin Burns. His 15th home run season for Burns. Gives up two runs over the course of five innings. Trevor got 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 as he wanted giving up a run in an inning. But then from there, Brad Boxberger, Devin Williams, the struggling Josh Hader, all able to give you a scoreless inning. John Del Gustave gives up two runs, one of which was earned in the 10th inning. While getting two outs, Holby Milner, though, he holds it down. He's able to get four outs out of the bullpen. And Brent Suter, two scoreless innings in the 12th and the 13th inning. For the Brewers, they'll be able to get the job done. The St. Louis Cardinals may now find themselves a full game and a half back out there in the National League Central race as they lose the Cincinnati Reds by a count of 9-5 for Adam Wainwright. Not a good start here. Seven runs surrendered in five and a third innings, including a pair of home runs given up as Joey Votto gets his seventh home run season and Donovan Solano his second a little bit later. Jonathan India gets his fifth home run season as Yoan Oviedo. He winds giving up a run in his inning of work. Jordan Nix, he gives up a run in two-thirds of an inning while Zach Thompson able to come in for a scoreless inning. And Paul Goldschmidt, he does go deep off of Graham Ashcraft, his 21st home run of the season. This start was somewhat of a load of Ashcraft as Ashcraft gives up five runs over the course of four and two-thirds innings, but bullpen from there, not terrible. Alexis Diaz, Buck Farmer, Hunter Strickland, I'll give you a scoreless inning, and then Ian Gabel winds up giving up a run in his inning of work. Revier St. Martin gives you an out out of the bullpen, so... The Cincinnati Reds continue their demonstrative home and road splits, are averaging right around 1.6 runs per game more at home rather than on the road. We wound up seeing the Miami Marlins put up a crooked number on the Pittsburgh Pirates, 8 to 1. They wind up being able to get it done as Avicio Garcia goes deep for his seventh home run season. That winds coming off of Dylan Peters, who gave up one run and two and two thirds innings, but really the damage is done by Zach Thompson, giving up seven runs and five and a third innings. Chris Rain was able to come in for a scoreless setting in for the Pirates, lone form of offense. Young catcher Jason DeLay as he winds up getting his first home run of the season for Miami. Very solid start here for Braxton Garrett. He gives up that solo home run. Two hits in total over the course of six innings. Stephen Okert, Dylan Floro, Anthony Bass. They were able to give you a scoreless inning for the New York Yankees. They win, but they don't cover the run line as the Boston Red Sox are continuing to cover darn near 64% of their games on the run line. 7-6 the final as the Yankees had Jamison Dion not give a start that they were looking for as two and two-thirds innings is what he wanted going. He gives up two runs and... If you bet the money line in every one of Jamison Tyon's starts, he is in the top three in terms of most powerful pitchers. You're up right around $700 if you've been backing him on the money line in all of his starts, but it was really the bullpen that got it done for the team. Michael King was able to give you a scoreless setting. Clay Holmes a five-out save as he went scoreless. Aroldis Chapman continues to look terrible. He gives up three runs. He got one out, and he did wind up giving up a home run along the way. Anthony Santander able to get his 16th home run season. Jonathan Lysga gives up a run in an inning, but Lucas Lukey seven outs out of the bullpen as well, and for Aaron Jones, he was judge, jury, and executioner to Tyler Wells in this one. 35th and 36th home runs of the season as Mr. Wells, he did not do Wells as he gave up five runs over the course of five innings. Joey Crebo from there gives up two runs in one and two-thirds innings and he allowed a home run as going deep off of him. Joey Gallo, he remembered how to hit in this game. His 12th home run season from there. The rest of the Baltimore Orioles bullpen was able to get you to the run line cash as Felix Batista, Dylan Tate, able to give you a scoreless inning and Brian Baker, two outs out of the bullpen and 
for the Orioles. Just two of ten with Ben in scoring position, which wound up costing them the outright win. They slam Diego Padres. They head to New York. They get a 4-1 to win as Hugh Darvish, who has had his road struggles since going to San Diego. As a matter of fact, his ERA on the road more than two points higher than it is at home. Very good start. Nine punch outs, one run surrendered in seven innings. Nick Martinez was able to give you a scoreless setting along Taylor Rogers to be able to get this one to the window for the Padres. They do go 0-9 with men in scoring position, but they get a pair of bombs. Trent Grisham, 10th home run of the season then off a of Bamback Scherzer. Eric Hosmer, able to get his 7th home run in the campaign as Scherzer. Gives up two runs over the course of six innings. Takes a loss as the other home run came off of Joey Rodriguez. He really let this game on fire getting one out, and he gave up two runs, one of which was earned, including that home run. Seth Lugo is able to give you a pair of outside the bullpen and Trevor Williams. Two scoreless innings for the Mets. Just an issue of they only wanted back having four hits in this game, so they weren't able to generate a lot on offense. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they did generate a lot on offense on Friday. They take down the Washington Nationals by a count of 10-1, and Patrick Corbin, gosh, this guy has been terrible. He's now got 13 losses. He gives up five runs over the course of five innings. As for Patrick Corbin, eh, if you've been backing him this season, it has been a really, really sad state of affairs. I believe that this is now start number 20 for him, and well, the Washington Nationals are 4-16 and in his starts and have lost 14 by at least two runs from there. The bullpen wasn't much better. Victor Arano gives up three runs, one of which was earned in his inning of work. Hunter RV, Jordan Weems, they both give up a run in an inning, and Weems, he does allow a home run along the way as Dalton Varsho gets his 13th home run season off of him, and Quito Marte of the Marte Parte goes deep off of Corbin, ninth home run season, and for Zach Gallen, he had looked shaky in the months of June and into July. Seven scoreless innings in this one, not a single walk surrendered. He looked great. Ian Kennedy Squirrel setting, and then Edwin Yuseta gives up a run out of the bullpen and for the Diamondbacks. Five of nine with men in scoring position as the Washington Nationals. They just continue to flail mediocrity now 31 and 64. The Oakland A's, they get it done against the Walker Texas Rangers by a count of five to four. And bad Spencer Howard showed up again. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. As the dude has a 7 11 ERA, he's always given up runs. Four runs surrendered and four and two thirds innings, including a pair of bombs going deep for the Oakland A's, who. Well, they don't have a lot of offense. Ramon Laureano, 10th home run season. Seth Brown is 12th as Cole Irvin. Solid start here. Gives up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of seven innings. Bullpen did their best to be able to give this one away as Lou Trevino gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning, including a home run to Nate Lowe. He gets his 13th home run season, but you did have Zach Jackson and Sam Mull combined for a scoreless inning, and A.J. Puck gets the final out of the game to be able to get this one to the window for the Rangers. Bullpen was relatively solid as you did wind up having Jose Leclerc live up a run in an inning, but Jonathan Hernandez, a scoreless inning, and Brandon Burke. Now it's a 1-1-2 ERA as he winds up being able to get four outs scoreless out of the bullpen. The Tampa Bay Rays, they go to Kansas City and, well, they wind up taking down the Royals by kind of 7-3 as Drew Rasmussen Five innings, gives up one run. He's been a little bit banged up, and he was in a little bit of trouble, but was able to give a relatively solid start. Sean Armstrong, Colin Pooch, Brooks Raley from there, give you a scoreless inning. Pete Fairbanks, well, he did wind up giving up two runs in an inning. He's trying to work his way back, but with the Tampa Bay Rays, more than enough offense to be able to get it done as Brad Keller gives up five runs, four of which were earned over the course of four innings, and well, Amir Garrett was able to give you a scoreless inning. Someone called the papers because he's been awful this year. He, Don Coleman, Wyatt Mills, Joel Piamps, they all give you a scoreless inning, but Josh Chamon trying to work his way back from injury. He gives up two runs over the course of an inning, and for the Royals, one of nine with men in scoring position, and they are now 36-57. and 57. You did wind up having the Houston Astros snap the Seattle Mariners' 14-game win streak 5-2. to two. 
Houston is able to get it done as Jose Arikidi. No problems for him for Houston. He gives up one solo run over the course of six innings. Ty France, he was able to get his 12th home run season, but Astros able to haul in there a nice win because the bullpen did their part. Phil Maton, Ryan Sanic, they combined for an inning with Maton giving up a run, but Seth Martinez, Hector Neris both give you a scoreless inning in for Houston. Wound up having eight Rio bombs in this one. Jordan Alvarez, he's all got two home runs in three games back. His 28th home run of the season. Jose Altuve, 18th home run season, and Martin Maldonado goes deep for his cent. All three of those home runs come off of one Marco Gonzalez, who gave up five runs in five and two-thirds innings. Pat Murphy was able to give you four outside the bullpen, and Matt Festa, Eric Swanson, both give you a scoreless setting. The Seattle Mariners have right around a 166 ERA over the last 36 days, so they did their part, but certainly a case in which the starting pitching was not able to do their part. The Chicago White Sox starting pitching also did not do their part, as the Cleveland Guardians get an 8-2 win as for the Guardians, Andre Semenes winds going deep off of Lucas Giolito. His 11th home run season as for Giolito. A really bad start in which he gave up 9 hits and 6 runs in 3 innings, including that home run from there. Jimmy Lambert gives you 2 scoreless innings. Jose Ruiz, Joe Kelly, they both combined for 2 scoreless innings. Tanner Banks, 4 outs at the bullpen, but Matt Foster gives up 2 runs while getting just 2 outs in for the Southsiders. They go 1 of 10 with Ben in scoring position. Solid start from Cal Quantrill, giving up 2 runs over the course of 5 innings. And then Aniel De Los Santos, Brian Shaw, James Karinczak, Nick Sandlin all give you a scoreless inning. And the Guardians, all of a sudden 47 and 44 in the Chicago White Sox. For some reason, right now, they're the betting favorite out there in the AL Central, despite the fact that they've got a losing record. Not sure what people are seeing with them. The Atlanta Braves, they went up digging down the LA Angels 8-1 to in this one as Shoei Otani entered into this one, having given up just one earned run over the course of his last five starts. Yeah, that wound up ending here as he gives up six runs in six and a third innings. He did get 11 strikeouts, but gave up two home runs along the way as Orlando Arcia gets his fifth home run of the season, and Matt Olson, this guy's gotten white hot all of a sudden. Seven home runs over the last two plus weeks for him. 18th home run of the campaign, and Marcelo Ozuna goes deep off of Elvis Pigueto. It was a case in which Ozuna left the building off of Elvis as he gets his 18th home run season as Mr. Pieto gives up that home run over the course of four outs. Aaron Loopy gives up a run while getting just one out himself and the home form of offense for LA. You wind up having the third home run season of Jonathan Villar. He winds going deep off of Will Smith, getting jiggy with that as Smith gives up a run in an inning, but another good start from Charlie Morton. Two runs are fewer surrendered and six out of his last seven starts. Six scoreless here. You wind up having Dylan Lee and Jake Stevens from there. Wind up giving you a scoreless inning and Lost in all of this, the Atlanta Braves out of their eight runs, seven put up in the seventh inning. So it just turned out to be a case for Joey Tani. Was left in there a little bit too long, in my opinion. The LA Dodgers, they get another multi-run win as they have now won 62 games, 55 by two-plus runs. They take down the San Francisco Giants by a count of 5-1 to one as Logan Webb. Not a bad start here. He gives up one run in six innings. He did his part. Tyler Rogers gives you a scoreless thing. And then Sammy Long. Hurt by the fielding, he gives up four unearned runs over the course of an inning. Yerma Mercedes, Lamonte Wade Jr., they both wound up having errors out there in the field. For the second straight night, the San Francisco Giants look like a Little League team trying to field, and they wound up costing them as Cody Bellinger winds up launching a grand slam of all guys. His 12th home run season, it's been a bad year for the former MVP, but... He winds up getting one here, and for Tyler Anderson, he had a great game in this one. Six innings, winds up giving up one unearned run, hurt by Max Muncy fielding error. From there, you did wind up having David Price give you a scoreless inning, Yancey Almonte, Alex Vasilla. They combined for a scoreless inning, and Craig Kimbrell able to close the door. He was able to give the team a scoreless inning as well, and if you're taking a look at Major League Baseball right now, certainly has been a little bit of a topsy-turvy season, as we did wind up seeing a whole bunch of overs coming out of the shoot. 
on Friday, I'm going to be talking about why I don't think that that's going to be the case really for the next week plus until the trade deadline moving forward. But if you take a look at the last 30 days in Major League Baseball, it's been a little bit of an up and down period for underdogs, but it has actually been a relatively solid period for unders, even though we did not necessarily see that come through on Friday. 174 unders, so 158 overs. That's 52.4% to the under and in the time span. Underdogs, they're hitting at a right around 42.6%, 147 and 198 straight up, but home favorites. Be cautious of taking them on the run line as they're currently 138 and 96 straight up over the last 30 days. But we have seen in the last 30 days a grand total of 52 instances in which home favorites have failed to cover the run line by winning by just one run. And overall for the season, unders, they are currently hitting at a 51.6% clip. This was 52% going into what we wound up seeing on Friday, by the way. 676 unders, 635 overs, and underdogs overall for the year heading at about a 40.5% clip. Favorites, 820 and 556 overall for the season on the money line. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Friday, and that's what we're seeing trend-wise. And coming up next, just going to be going through a little bit of what I'm taking a look at for the next, we're going to call it little period in terms of what we're going to be seeing prior to the trade deadline. Why there is probably going to be a few more unders that wind coming through the next few days as well. I'm going to run through that and also going to give you guys a little bit of a lay of land in terms of division futures and what I like in terms of that market. That is up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show. It's myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Easy Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Breaking down every game every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here at Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. And I know that some of you guys wanted to ask me a few questions about just handicapping the first few, we should call it, weeks of the second half of the season. This is really prior to the All-Star break, I think is the best way of being able to put it as the All-Star break. It is creeping up on us ever so quickly, but just wanted to give you guys a little bit there, and then I'll be diving into a couple of features to really keep an eye on towards the second half of the season as well. I'm not too much of a futures player personally, so I'm just going to give you guys my thoughts on what I would be taking a look at there as well. But let's dive into some of the betting angles for the second half of the season, first few weeks up until the All-Star break-in. I do think that it is important to know who might wind up getting moved at the trade deadline because there are going to be quite a few guys that they're going to be on full display and you have a lot of teams that they're going to need shall we say, arms, just arms in general, whether they be bullpen pieces, whether they be starting pitchers, like we're hearing a lot about Luis Castillo right now. I would not be surprised if we wind up seeing the Royals perhaps move someone like a Zach Greinke, maybe someone like a, we'll go with Brad Keller, because I do think that they're going to be certainly sellers at the trade deadline. No doubt they're not going to be moving someone like a Bobby Wood Jr. in his rookie season, but these guys that they're sort of in like year four, year five, they've only got like a year left on their contract. This is the final year of it. These are the guys that you can expect to be on the move from, shall we say, poopier teams. And you got to figure that these are the guys that the worst teams are going to want to have step up. And I, I think that this is actually a good time to be able to take a look at some of these underdogs, especially if they do wind up having someone like, shall we say, a Frankie Montas, a Luis Castillo, go down the list of insert your pitcher here that might be on the trading block going in that game. We wanted seeing Frankie Montas actually on Thursday. He delivered a very good start. Oakland A's were able to win that one. It's going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting out of Luis Castillo once he's able to make a start for the Reds because I know that going into the break he was on the injured list. So going to be intriguing to see what winds up happening there. But I do think that we're going to see a big divide between the haves and the have-nots. Now you want to be also gauging some of these teams which they're right on the edge. Like the Baltimore Orioles. Textbook example. Going into the second half of the season. Season 46 and 46, seeing what they wind up doing the next 
We're going to call it seven days. I think it's critical. If they're going to be continuing to tread water, you know what? They're going to be going all out. No doubt if they wind up being able to win a couple games in the series against the New York Yankees, they're certainly going to be going for it. They wind up getting swept by the New York Yankees. They get swept in their next series. Then it might be a case in which, you know what, they might not be buyers at the deadline. It might be a case in which things wind up starting to wane a little bit there. And got to figure that a lot of these teams that they do wind up having good bullpen pieces as well. I'm talking about the Arizona the Diamondbacks with someone like Joe Manette Tipley, David Bedard of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Both of these guys were all-stars this season. They are going to be on full display. And these are the guys that are going to be utilized in bullpen set. I mean, both of those, they're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of ERA. So you're going to have more, shall we say, trustworthy guys that wind up getting put on full display and on top of that when it comes to some of these lesser teams when they do wind up playing against shall we say a team that could be in the market for a hitter a pitcher like the Milwaukee Brewers like we're gonna throw in there the Toronto Blue Jays who need some arms out there in that bullpen and a starting pitcher as well you know that these lesser teams are gonna want to be able to pick up that victory being like hey you know what we wind up throwing out there our insert player on the trade block here he wanted being able to beat you if you can't beat him why not have him join you so that is something that I think is interesting to take a look at this time of year so I do think that there is quite a bit of value in terms of underdogs I do wind up shaking my numbers down just a little bit because you got to figure that these teams that they're going to be sellers at the deadline they're going to be probably selling off some bullpen pieces and just on top of that you've got more rest of bullpens in general as well so I do think that looking at unders these first two weeks coming out of the all-star break should be able to yield some good dividends unless if you're taking a look at the Boston Red Sox who wind up giving up 25 runs in the first five innings of their game against the Toronto Blue Jays yesterday. That was one that was dead on impact. And then you do take a look at some of these divisional races right now as well. And I think it's as good as done with regards to a few of these. The LA Dodgers minus 3,000 favorites to be able to win the National League West, even if Fernando Tatis Jr. were to come back tomorrow for the San Diego Padres. They just don't stand a fighting chance right there in the AL West, despite the fact that the Seattle Mariners wind up being able to pull off a 14-game win streak. Entering into the second half of the season, they're still a double-digit amount of games back for the Houston Astros. I'm sorry, they just aren't going to be able to continue that. The New York Yankees, they're up a double-digit amount of games out there in the American League East, so not a lot of intrigue there. The one out there in the American League I think does still have some intrigue is the Central, as right now you've got the Chicago White Sox. Actually, as I record this, Friday evening, we're going to call it 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, as the favorites at a plus 115. Meanwhile, the Minnesota Twins are a plus 120, and I just don't know why people continue to have blind faith in the Chicago White Sox team. I do recognize that it's a lineup that has quite a few guys that are able to get on base, but this is a White Sox team that they're three games back. I just cannot advocate for this. And the Cleveland Guardians, who wound up entering into the night, actually going up against them and two games back. And Guardians, as I'm right now doing this podcast, they're right now leading by kind of six at two, so they're in good shape there. That could wind up being another full game back for the Chicago White Sox. It's just a case in which I don't really get the love of this White Sox team as long as they're managed by Buffoon and Tony LaRusa, who should be in a nursing home before he should be in an MLB dugout. There's just not a lot of value with this team. I do recognize that the Minnesota Twins do have their woes in terms of just overall pitching, but you've got an all-star in Byron Buxton who's been able to carry this team. The Twins have been very smart in the way that they have utilized him. I do think that the way that they have structured his rest days are going to allow him to be able to be out there on the field in terms of a pennant race slash a divisional title race. So I do think that that is something to really take a look at. I think that you've got good value on the Twins at a plus 120. And I mean, even the Cleveland Guardians at plus 450. That to me, 
presents a lot more value than a Chicago White Sox team that they've got demonstrative righty and lefty splits and a team that legitimately ranks in the bottom seven in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per game basis with the Mets at a minus 195 at the National League East in terms of their odds at DraftKings. Braves are at a plus 150 in the Phillies. Well, they're just too far back to really consider, in my opinion. I do think that you've got good value on the New York Mets still because Jacob DeGrom at some point is going to be able to come back. I recognize that he's had a lot of setbacks, but I mean, even if he doesn't, the Mets have been able to continue to tread water all season long. Now, this is an Atlanta Braves team that they have been immaculate winning over 66% of their games really since the beginning of the month of June. They've really been able to ramp things up with that regard, but this is still a Mets team that they've got a very balanced lineup. They've got someone in Pete Alonso who has been leading the league really in terms of RBI for much of the season. Buck Showalter has done a good job of being able to manage his team. I will say for the Atlanta Braves, being able to have guys like a Michael Harris, Spencer Strider be able to step up, that is big. But with the Mets as well, this is also a little bit of a new look team in that it's not the same old Mets because they have Brody Van Wagenen and a bunch of buffoons up there in the front office. Now you've got guys that actually know what they're doing. Steve Cohen is going to be willing to spend at the deadline. The Mets, I expect to be very active. So I still think that you guys have value there. And if you're looking at a little bit of an underdog, and I've been preaching this on this podcast quite a few times when we've had our guests aboard, the St. Louis Cardinals at a plus 140. I think that they've got great value as opposed to the Milwaukee Brewers to be able to win the National League Central. I, I don't understand why the Brewers are minus 210 right now. With the Milwaukee Brewers going into their game on Friday, they didn't have a single player in the starting lineup hitting above a 255. Freddie Peralta is probably not going to be coming back until August, and when Freddie Peralta does come back, he's not going to have a lot of rehab to go along with it. You don't know what you're going to be able to get out of him with the St. Louis Cardinals team. You've got a lot of young guys like a Juan Yepes, a Nolan Gorman that'll be able to step up, and the Brewers don't have that in their farm system. This is a Cardinals team that they didn't have the most savory of performances against the Cincinnati Reds yesterday, and it is going to be key for them to be able to figure out that sort of back half of the rotation as Andre Pallanti has gotten some starts. I always am very curious whenever to go to Hudson winds up taking them on because you know he's, he's a ground ball pitcher that doesn't get a lot of strikeouts and awards a lot of walks. That's not necessarily a great combo, but the bets I feel like should be able to power St. Louis a victory. Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, a combined 40 home runs thus far this season. Both of these guys have been absolutely on fire. And the Cardinals, they always do a good job at the trade deadline being able to maneuver. I know that John Jansen was looking at them yesterday as a team to be a watch out for, and I completely agree with them. I do think that you've still got some value on the St. Louis Cardinals moving forward, being able to get a plus 140 entering into last night with them just a half a game back of the Milwaukee Brewers. I think that they supersede them, and I do think that the Cardinals have good value at a plus price being able to win the division. So that's what I'm taking a look at there in terms of just a little bit of a futures market look and just ways I'm going to be handicapping these first few weeks of the second half of the season. Now coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here Love You Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson. Now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. Wound up going guest-free today. Wanted to give you guys a little bit of a look as to what I'm going to be taking a look at. First few days here in the second half of the season. Just a little bit of a change with regards to handicapping the days off does wind up having a little bit of an impact as to how I take a look at some of these games. And on top of that, we're going to have some good races out there for some of these divisions as well. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that little bit of a breakdown in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Saturday as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. Keep in mind that we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation or this is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That should keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. So without further ado, let's get down to business and let's get down to work as this begins with 9:51, 9:52 on the betting board. You've got the Chicago Cubs, and they're going to be hitting the road. They're going to be facing off against the Philadelphia Phillies. As Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be on the bump for the Phils. And going for the Cubs, one of Marcus Stroman. It is going to be the Cubs who find themselves a rather sizable underdog. As you're getting them anywhere between a plus 135 to a plus 145. Meanwhile, if you're looking to lay it with the Phils, anywhere between minus 150 and minus 155 is your price. 7.5 to 8 is your total. On the 7.5, over is minus 120. The under is even. On the 8, the under is minus 120. And the over is even as well and with the Phillies I want to making them minus 175 on the money line and in terms of the run line I would need at least a plus 120 to be able to take a shot there if you're looking at the run line I find that in a lot of places right around a plus 130 I see a little bit more of a differential in terms of the money line and with the way that the Phillies have been playing in terms of games in general with their bullpen really taking hold I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to wind up going with a little bit of a bigger money line just because 
for the Philadelphia Phillies over the last 35 days. And you've got an ERA in the bullpen that hovers right around a 170. That has been just absolutely tremendous for this bunch as Brad Ann, along with Sir Anthony Dominguez, have been good late in games. And then you've got Corey Knabel, who's able to close things out and then get the ball to them. Zach Wheeler has been able to do a nice job of being able to go relatively deep in games. Buck 62 ERA at home this season. He is averaging a little bit over six innings per start. Let's give it up just overall this season. Seven home runs in 99 and two-thirds innings as well. That is home and road strikeouts per nine rate. Hovering in the pocket about nine and a half. He has been rock solid. Meanwhile, for Marcus Stroman, it's been a tough year for him. 469 ERA, though I will say this. 245 ERA on the road. 794 ERA at home. When he's been away from Wrigley, he has been relatively solid, giving up two home runs in 33 innings. Opponents taking a buck 92 off of him, compared to a 280 at home. So certainly something to take note of him for the Cubs. The bullpen overall for the years in the bottom 10 in the big leagues. It's been a relatively tough go of it for them, but last 35 days, they've got a sub-3 bullpen ERA. Michael Gibbons has been able to do a solid job along with David Robertson, Scott Efres. These guys all have sub-3 ERAs now. They're giving some younger guys like an Erich, Eelman, and someone like a Brandon Hughes, some opportunities. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be able to pay off for them. And for the Chicago Cubs team, you do have quite a few guys that do a solid job of being able to get on base. The home run power has not necessarily been there for the team this season. You've got Wilson Contreras and Patrick Wisdom combining for 31 home runs. And for Contreras, 370 on base. For Mr. Patrick Wisdom, he's only in at 220. And this man is on pace for well over 200 strikeouts this season. You've got a lot of guys like Alfonso Rivas, Frank Schwindel at the bottom of the fold that they're okay being able to get on base at right around 235. But Christopher Morrell, Ian Abbs, C.A. Suzuki, they're in between about a 270 to 280. But on the flip side, for the Phillies, you've got Kyle Schwarber only in right around at 210, but he's got 30 home runs, 320 on base, and then a lot of constants in this lineup as well. JT Riemuto, Reese Hoskins, Yohan Camargo, Nick Cassianos, all these guys are in between about a 230 to a 240. Do have a couple guys like Amad Ling along with Yardio Munoz at the bottom of the fold that do need to pick things up a little bit, but I do think that the Phillies have a big starting pitching matchup advantage. I do think that Stroman going to see a little bit of regression here because, I mean, there is some familiarity with many of these Phillies with Stroman having used to pitch for the New York Mets a few seasons ago. I do think that both of these guys are going to be relatively solid, though, and both of these bullpens have been able to shape up as well. Semi-total is 7.6, so looking at an 8-under, and I'm going to take a relatively big money line with the Philadelphia Phillies because I do expect this to be a lower-scoring game. 9.53, 9.54 on the betting board. It is the same Louis Cardinals in the road face-off against the Cincinnati Reds. We are on to Cincinnati, and Cincinnati is on to Mike Miner getting the start, and Stephen Metz is going to be on the bump for St. Louis. St. Louis is a favorite of anywhere between minus 145 and minus 155. Meanwhile, in between plus 135 and plus 141 is your price on the Reds as your total is 10. The over is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And when it comes to St. Louis Cardinals, I was willing to lay up to a minus 148 with them. So the minus 145, minus 146-ish, that is the max I'd be willing to lay on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line right now, you're finding it as good as a plus 110. I would need more like a plus 113 slash a plus 115 since typically run lines. Most books wind up putting it on a 5 cent scale to be able to take a shot here. But that said, Steven Matz, it is a guy that gives you a little bit of trepidation because you don't know if you're going to get really good Steven Matz or you're going to wind up getting really bad Steven Matz. So thus far this season, 603 ERA. 
This is going to be his first start in quite a while. He's not started since May. Looked relatively solid in some of his rehab appearances. And to the credit of Steven Matz, prior to him getting injured, three runs or fewer given up in three out of his last four starts. But certainly a guy that's been all over the place. You take a look at what he was able to do really during his one season with Toronto. It was either great nor terrible. 382 ERA after having a terrible 2020 season was all over the place with the New York Mets. And the big thing with Steven Matz is that he actually does a relatively good job in terms of strikeout to walk rate. He just winds up having a case of much. He winds up giving up the deep ball a little bit too much. He winds up getting hit too hard in general, giving up eight home runs in 37 and a third innings thus far this season. Meanwhile, they go look at Mike Weiner, and he's right now giving up well over two home runs per month, nine innings. As a matter of fact, closer to two and a half home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate, that's a little bit above three as well. And he has been terrible both at home and on the road. 621 ERA with a 608 ERA at home. 646 ERA on the road, giving up eight bombs in 26 and two-thirds innings at home. Strikeout numbers, they're not necessarily anything great with eight strikeouts per nine innings. Now, with the Reds, they're averaging a little bit over five runs per game. They were able to reach that moniker yesterday as well. This is at home because on the road, they average more like three and a half runs per game. They've got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits of any team, not named the Colorado Rockies out there in the big leagues, but got Brandon Drew who has been amazing for this team. Hitting a 275 with 18 home runs. Donovan Solano is now back to the fold. He's hitting nearly a 300. Joey Votto, ever since he wound up coming off the COVID IL quite a bit ago, he's been solid. You've been able to have a north of 300 batting average out of Tyler Stevenson. So you do have some good bats in this Reds lineup. Meanwhile, for the St. Louis Cardinals, you've got your two main mashers in Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. A combined 40 home runs. Goldschmidt. 416 on base. Arenado's hitting just below a 300. And then got a lot of guys who've been able to do a solid job of being able to get on base. Norlin Gorman has been seeing some struggles recently, but Tyler O'Neill, Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, these guys in between about a 242 to a 2, we're going to call it 60-ish. So these guys have been rock solid. You need a little bit more out of Lars Newpar at the bottom of the fold, but the St. Louis Cardinals also have the big advantage when it comes to the bullpen. Genesis Cabrera is able to give you multiple innings. Sub-3 ERA of Long Jr. Fernandez. Ryan Elsley got a sub-1 ERA. Packy Naughton along with Yohan Oviedo. They're able to give you a little bit of length. Meanwhile, for the Cincinnati Reds, dead last in terms of bullpen ERA. They're dealing with an injury to Alexis Diaz, who is legitimately their top reliever, Jeff Hoffman. Overall for the season, has been halfway decent out of the bullpen, but things have really regressed on him. North of 87 ERA over the last 30 days. Dottie Moretto, Javier Sam Martin, Hunter Strickland, all these guys have north of a 4-5 ERA. I think that both of these pitchers get blown up a little bit, but I do think that the bullpen going to be able to stabilize for the Cardinals to be able to help them get the win. I do want to take the money line here because Steven Matt's not necessarily too trustworthy of a guy, so I'm just going to roll with the money line of the Cardinals. Same line I'm saying this total at a 9.8 as well. I do think that 10 starting to get up a little bit too lofty, so looking under, and I'm going to be taking a look at the Cardinals. 955-956 on the banging board. It is the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're going to be playing us to the Miami Marlins. Max Meyer is going to be going for the Marlins, and Jose Kitana, he is going to be on the bump for the Pirates. The Pirates are finding themselves in a relatively pick'em game here, with the Pirates going to be finding them anywhere between a even money price to a minus 110. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Miami, it is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. Your total on this game is 8.5, the under is minus 120, and the over is even, and this is going to be the DK Nation pick. I want him saying the Pirates at a minus 136 on the money line, so I am going to be willing to take a shot. The game on Friday did not necessarily go the way of the Pittsburgh Pirates. I do think that this is going to be a relatively solid bounce back spot for them as 
when it comes to Pittsburgh. The bullpen has been a little bit shaky for them, but it has also been shaky for the Miami Marlins. Both of these teams are towards the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. You've had Anthony Bass be able to do a solid job out there in the bullpen for the Marlins as he's got a sub-2 ERA, but Dylan Floral, Richard Blyer, they both have right around a 4-ish ERA. Stephen Oakert has been able to do a relatively solid job. He's got a 250 ERA. Tanner Scott has been a little bit all over the place this season, and for the Miami Marlins, they busted out with the bats yesterday. And you do have guys at the top of the fold that are able to get on base for us. You've got Brett Anderson, a couple with Nick Fortes hitting between about a 255 to a 265. Gary Cooper sitting at 280, though. He's seen a little bit of regression towards the second half of the season. And Joey Wendell is hitting nearly a 300, but not a lot of power in terms of this lineup. Avicio Garcia expected more than a 230 average with six home runs out of him. And Jesus Aguiar sitting at 250. He's been able to supply 11 home runs. Ore Soler has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. But once again, he's only hitting a 210. Meanwhile, for the Pittsburgh Pirates at the top, you've got Kevin Newman now back at the fold. He's been able to hit 270. The loss of Brian Reynolds has been earning this team a little bit, but Cabrian Hayes gives you a 325 on base. And you do have guys like a Jake Marisic, who are veterans, are able to get on base. Ben Gamble sitting right around a 250. And you've got a couple young guys that are coming up, like a Jason Daly, who was able to get a home run, I believe, the first of his career yesterday. When it comes to Jose Quintana, I think that he's got a leg up over Max Meyer. Meyer's not someone that necessarily impressed me at the minor league level, and then he wound up making his first big league start, going five and a third innings, giving up a pair of homers in a loss to the Philadelphia Phillies in a game which the team just wound up getting torched by kind of 10 to 0. Now, I think that Meyer has a good future in this league, but in that said, it is a case in which I think that he may be wound up getting brought up to the big leagues a little bit too raw. He's got a little bit of a tough time in terms of the command, though. His strikeouts stuff. It is very good. Meanwhile, Jose Quintana, he's not going to go out there and get a bunch of strikeouts right around 8.1 strikeouts per 9 innings, but right around 0.7 home runs per 9 innings. He's worked on the walks, giving up fewer than 3 walks per 9 innings. As a matter of fact, he has given up just 7 over the course of his last 5 starts, and when it comes to Jose Quintana, 3.99 ERA overall, but that drops to a 3.02 when he's at, at home, giving up 4 home runs in 50 and 2 thirds innings in Pittsburgh. I do think that he's going to do a good job of holding down the fort when he's backed up with guys like a Tyler Beatty, who's able to give you multiple innings. David Bernard, who was a all-star reliever, wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it the first half of the season towards the back half, but still 289 ERA out of him. I do think that the Pirates should be able to pull it off and be able to get the job done. I did wind up making a relatively low total in this one. Both of these teams missing quite a few pieces in terms of their lineup, so I did wind up saving my total at a 7.8. I'm looking under, and with the DK Nation pick, I think that Kitana gets the job done. Going to be looking at the Pirates on the money line with my DK Nation pick. 957, 958 on the betting board. The New York Mets, they are going to be playing those to the Slam Diego Padres. Blake Snell is going to be going for the pods, and Chris Bassett has the oak line and sinker for the Mets. The Mets are finding themselves between minus 145 and minus 150 favorites. Between plus 130 and plus 136, your price on San Diego. 7.5 is your total over and under, both at minus 110, and with Snell and company on upsetting the Padres at a plus 152. So I'm going to take a shot here on the Mets. The question becomes whether to go money line or run line because it is starting to get a little bit chalky. But that said, you do take a look at the run line of the Mets. You're going to be finding it right around a plus 145. I needed at least a plus 135 to be able to take a shot. And I am going to be able to reduce the juice a little bit here. And I am going to go with that run line just because with Blake Snell, he has not been good on the road ever since he wound up getting to San Diego. As a matter of fact, in his two seasons with the Padres, he's got an ERA on the road that is hovering in the neighborhood of six. It has been really bad. And in the 10 starts that he's had this season, the team is just one and nine. He has been one of the biggest fades out there in Major League Baseball. And among his losses, I mean, a lot of these have been by multiple runs. As a matter of fact, he only has 
one loss that has been by approximately one run. So betting against Blake Snell on the run line has been rather profitable. And the big thing for Blake Snell is that he's not offering a lot of length right now because he winds up just putting too many guys on base freely, especially on the road. His road walks per nine rate ever since he's gotten to San Diego is north of six, which has really been leading to his demise because he still has good swing and miss stuff overall this season. 66 strikeouts and 50 innings. If that's a strikeouts per nine rate, that's closer to 12, but I mean, man, guy can't command to save his life. Meanwhile, Chris Bass said, you want to give up the deep ball a little bit this season? He still has given up right around 1.25 home runs per nine innings, but has really been able to shape things up recently. He has given up three runs or fewer, as a matter of fact, in each out of his last five starts. He's been able to do a little bit of a better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. 312 home ERA with five home runs, given up in 57 and two-thirds innings in New York, so he's clearly been a little bit better at home rather than on the road, and for this Mets team, you saw Pete Alonso is right now leading the league in terms of RBI, we have seen some of those infield singles that they were getting at the beginning part of the season, winding up drying up a little bit, but Jeff McNeil, Luis Galorme, both are running north of a 285 for this team, and then you've got Brandon Nimmo along with Pete Alonso. I want to mention a little bit earlier, both hitting between a 265 to a 270. Certainly Marte's hitting nearly a 300. And for the Padres, just don't have a lot around Manny Machado. And for Machado himself, he's hitting below the Mendoza line of 200. Ever since the beginning of the month of July, you've been able to have Jake Cronenworth step up a little bit more. He, Austin Nola, CJ Abrams, Jerickson Profar, only between about a 235 to a 245. But don't necessarily have a lot of firepower in terms of this lineup. Luke Voigt has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers with 12, but not doing a great job of being able to move the line and get on base, and neither of these bullpens have not necessarily been locked down either. Drew Smith has been able to give the Mets team a sub-3 ERA, but Joey Rodriguez, he's north of a 4-5 in terms of his ERA. Seth Lugo has been a little bit all over the place. Juan Lopez has actually been a little bit of a nice find for this Mets team. He's able to give you multiple innings at down to Montevino, right around a 2-5 ERA, and then for the Padres, though, you do have Taylor Rogers who's been able to do a good job of being able to give the team a lot of saves. And has come with an ERA that hovers right in the neighborhood about four. Stephen Wilson has been able to give you right around a 3-6 ERA. Nick Martinez might need to be called upon for long relief. They've been having him do quite a bit of that. And he's been okay in that role. So I do think they could be able to lend a few good innings in this spot. But I do think that Bassett going to be able to give a little bit of a better spot for a Mets team that, I mean, they've been able to have some success against San Diego all season long. And for Blake Snell, 1-9 and nine is the team in his starts with eight of those losses being by multiple runs. I'm going to take the plus price on the run line here with the New York Mets. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a higher scoring game because I think that Snell winds up getting knocked out early. A semi-total at an 8.2, so looking over and looking at the Mets on the run line. 959-960 on the betting board. It is the Milwaukee Brewers. They are going to be playing us to the Colorado Rockies. Jose Yarenia is going to be going for the Rockies and Brandon Woodruff is going to be on the bump for the Brewers. The Brew crew are finding themselves a massive favorite as they are anywhere between minus 260 and minus 280 favorites. Meanwhile, with the Rockies, it's anywhere between plus 220 and plus 242. 7.5 is your total. The over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. And when it comes to the Brewers, set them more around a minus 228. You need at least a plus 230 to be able to take a shot on the Rockies. And Right now, we're seeing as good as a plus 240, so I'm going to be willing to nibble here, and this is a little bit of a revenge game for Jose Areña. He actually began the season in the Milwaukee Brewers organization, wanted making a couple long relief appearances for them. They then wound up DFAing him. He wound up landing with Colorado, and in three starts with Colorado, he's actually looked really good. 18 and two-thirds innings. Two wanted coming at home, one wanted coming at Dodger Stadium, giving up three earned runs. Now, Command has always been a little bit of an issue with them overall this season. And those starts coupled with the appearances they want to making with the Brewers right around four and a half walks, 
per nine innings, but has been able to do a really good job of being able to hold down the fort as a little bit of a pitch contact guy. Never has been someone that is going to give you a lot of strikeouts. He's averaging right around four and a half strikeouts per nine innings right now. And for Brandon Woodruff, he's been looking a little bit better recently. He's given up a combined six earned runs in his four starts ever since returning from injury. So that has been very good to see, but it still feels like something might be just a little bit off with him. The strikeout numbers have been very solid for him this season. As a matter of fact, he's getting right around 11 strikeouts per nine innings. But that said, he's also averaging nearly three walks per nine innings. It's been a little bit strange. Now, he's also done his best work at home. 220 ohm area compared to a 526 on the road. But with the Brewers, Got to have a little bit of trepidation with this bullpen right now because Josh Hader going into the all-star break just did not wind up looking right. Well, certainly a bad situation of him giving up those six runs in San Francisco last week. So that's not necessarily great. Now, you do have other guys that are able to come in and are able to hold down the fort. De- Devin Williams going into Friday. He had given up zero runs in 33 out of his last 34 appearances. He has been amazing for this team. Hobie Milner along with Brad Boxberger both have a sub 2-6 ERA. So you've been able to have some good innings out of some of those guys, but when you get into guys like Trevor Gotten Company, Brent Suter, Zion has been too terrific for the Colorado Rockies. Needless to say, this is not a great bullpen of their own, but I mean, over the last 35 days, they've got an ERA that is more in the league average sector. You've got Ty Block, who certainly has been bad on the road north of a 6 ERA. On the road, it's been much better at home, and I mean, with the Rockies, you know that you're going to have those big home and road splits. Like, I mean, for instance, you've got a guy like a Lucas Gobreth. Overall for the season, he's got a 3.30 ERA, but it's a buck 50 at home, and it's a 6 on the road. So that's a little bit of an issue. And for the Colorado Rockies, they have to deal with quite a few ailments and just guys not being able to go yard on the road. 1.25 home runs is what they're averaging per game at home on the road. It's more like a half home run per game. Someone like ACJ Chrome, for instance, of his 20 home runs, just five of one coming on the road. Brendan Rodgers has nine home runs all of which have wanted coming at Coors Field. And then you've got someone like Randall Gritchick sitting right around 285 at home, below the middle line of 200 on the road. But for the Milwaukee Birds, this is just not a great lineup in general as nobody in the starting lineup yesterday entered in the game hitting above a 255. Now, do have quite a few guys hitting between, we're going to call it, I would say, a 220 to a 235 as you've got Tyrone Taylor, Omar Narvaez, Rowdy Tellez, Willie Adamas, Cole Wong sort of in that sector. And then you've got Hunter Renfro, Christian Yelich, and Andrew McCutcheon in between about a 245 to a 255. To the credit of Tellez and Adamas, they combined 35 home runs out of these guys. But the Brewers, they just have a little bit of a tough time being able to get on base. I think that that's actually going to play quite well for the Colorado Rockies. And I do think that revenge is going to be best served cold by Jose Ureña. I'm going to take the plus price here with the Colorado Rockies. Did wind up saying my total at 7.7 as well. I do think that this is a mortal Brewers bullpen. And I do think that we're going to see the Rockies bullpen wind up giving up a few runs as well. So looking over and looking Rockies. 961-962 on the betting board. The LA Dodgers, they're going to be playing O.C. San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood is going to be looking to lay the wood for the San Francisco Giants. And it is going to be Mr. Julio Arias who is going to be on the bump for L.A. Los Angeles is finding themselves in between a minus 155 to a minus 162 favorite. Meanwhile, every day you go look at the Giants. It's anywhere between plus 140 and plus 152. Eight is your total. Over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. And with Alex Wood, I felt like he should have been more like a plus 180 underdog. So looking at the Dodgers and with the Dodgers, I'm going to be playing them on the run line. The Dodgers have won all but seven of their games as far this season and entering into Friday, I believe that they had had 61 in total by multiple runs. Right now you're finding this run line 
In a lot of places, right around a plus 130, this actually opened up at a plus 135, and I think that it is good value. Now, Julio Rios has actually been significantly better when he has been on the road rather than at home. Among his 20 wins last season, he wound up being able to get 13 on the road. He had a lower ERA on the road as well. And you take a look at this season, 340 home ERA to a 248 ERA on the road with out of his 15 home runs, nine of them coming at home in fewer innings. He wound up pitching on the road, so that's been a little bit of an issue. But Alex Boyd, I do think that he's been getting a little bit unlucky this season as and he's giving up 0.8 home runs per nine innings, 2.1 walks per nine, nine strikeouts per nine innings, but has a 4.20 ERA to show for it. But he does have a 4.41 ERA on the road, and it's been a little bit of an issue just giving up a lot of contact in general opponents that are hitting a 2.62 off of him. And the San Francisco Giants, they don't necessarily back him up with the world's greatest bullpen. As you've had John Brabby be able to do a solid job, Camilo Duvall, Jarlin Garcia, these guys have a sub 3.5 ERA along Sammy Long as well, but guys like Junior Marte have not necessarily been too terrific in this bullpen. I will say for Tyler Rogers, after a rough start to the season, he's starting to pick it back up, but you tell that this team is missing Buster Posey behind the plate, and then the Dodgers have done a good job picking guys up off the scrap heap. Evan Phillips, Yancey Almonte, they've got a sub-2 ERA. Caleb Ferguson has been relatively trustworthy along with Reyes Monata in the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell, always as you holding your breath when he's out there, and Phil Bickford has not been too terrific, but with this LA Dodgers lineup as well, you do have a tree of guys at the top that really can mash, as you've got Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner with both 14 home runs, and Will Smith as well. Now with Turner and Freeman, they're both hitting above a 3 Smith, more on a 270 batting average, but he's really been cooking over the last five weeks. Mookie Betts, 21 bombs entering into Friday and a 265 average. Kevin Lux has done a nice job being able to reach base now. Even a little bit more out of Cody Bellinger, Trace Thompson, Max Muncy, guys like that, but still very formidable lineup. And for the San Francisco Giants, you've legitimately got two guys with more than 10 home runs in this lineup. And Jack Peterson and Wilmer Flores and Peterson has been spending a little bit of time off. Evan Longoria, Thario Estrada, Brian Belt, they're in between about a 242 and 260, all with between 8 and 9 home runs. Mikey Stramski been able to get on base, but only hitting right around 235 with nine home runs as well. So I do see some flaws with the San Francisco Giants. He might think that Uli Arias going to be a line of relatively solid start. And with Alex Wood, I think that he's going to get lit up by his old team that seems to have had his number a little bit as well. So going to be taking a look at the run line of the LA Dodgers. I think that they get another multi-run win. And with this total, I did wind up setting it at an 8.1. So here at the 8, going to be taking a look at the over to go along with that Dodgers run line. 963-964 on the betting board. The Washington Nationals throw it face off against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner on the bump for Arizona. And Anibal Sanchez gets a start for Washington. Washington is finding themselves between plus 130 and plus 140 underdogs for the Snakes. It's any between minus 145 and minus 152 with 9 being your total. Over is minus 120. The under is even and... When it comes to the Diamondbacks, I did wind up saying them as a favorite of minus 155. Now the question becomes money line or run line in this spot. And right now, if you're looking at that Diamondbacks run line, you're able to get it in a lot of spots right around about a plus 145 to a plus 150. This is something that is very appealing to me. I think that I'm going to need to nibble on the run line here, being able to get that good of a price. I was willing to take anything nor the plus 135. And with Madison Bumgarner, he's been able to do a relatively steady job. Not a guy that's going to go out there and just going to blaze through guys, getting a bunch of strikeouts or anything like that. But that said, he's got right around a 383 ERA. He's picking up right around six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. Walks per nine rate, nothing flashy, but at the same time, nothing terrible. He's, he's given up right around 3.1 walks per nine innings, right around 1.2 home runs per nine and 
Take a look at what he's been able to do at home. It's been significantly better than on the road. 315 home area compared to a 471 road area. And he goes up against a Washington Nationals lineup that currently dead last in the National League in terms of home runs this season. Now Juan Soto, he has been as hot as the sun recently. So that has been absolutely massive coming off of his home run dirty B title. Entered into yesterday. Hitting a 250 with 20 home runs. But take a look at what he's been able to do over the last 30 days. Hitting a 379. So he certainly has been able to round into form there. Josh Bell has been able to above a 3 with 13 home runs. And this is legitimately one of the best teams in terms of batting average out there in baseball. You've got Soto, Long Cesar Hernandez, Nelson Cruz, or in there, Mikel Franco. These guys are all in between about a 239 to a 250. And then whenever he's been out there, you've been able to get some good production out of Luis Garcia, hitting nearly a 300 as well for the years of the Diamondbacks. He's got a lot of power with the team, but most of it comes on the road. 1.5 home runs per game on the road. Meanwhile, at home, more like 0.9. Dalton Farshow, along Jordan Luplo, have both been able to give you between 12 and 13 home runs thus far this season, but got a lot of dead bats. Luplo, I mentioned a little bit earlier, Sergio Alcantara, along with Christian Walker, Carson Kelly, Geraldo Perdomo, all entered into yesterday at 205 or lower, but I will say for Walker, 22 home runs, and this is an Arizona Diamondbacks bunch that they've got a couple good bullpen pieces. Joe Manai Tipley has been able to give you a sub-3 ERA. You certainly have been able to get some good production out of someone like Kyle Nelson as well as he's posting up a buck 82 ERA as well. So you've had some trustworthy guys, and then you might up getting into guys like Mark Melanson, Keenan Middleton. It's been a little bit worse than I will say Middleton. As far as the season, he's actually been good. Melanson more like a 5 ERA and them with the Washington Nationals. Not a lot of trustworthy guys out here as you've right now got Carl Edwards Jr. giving you some relatively good innings, but Steve Ciszek, Victor Arano, you're able to throw in their Kyle Finnegan all of between 4 and 5 ERAs. These guys have been very not trustworthy to say the least. And Anibal Sanchez, I'm going to call it what it is. He is pretty ancient and going to be interesting to see what we wind up getting out of him moving forward. First start of the year, he winds up going five innings, winds up giving up four runs and two home runs. Now, that was against the Atlanta Braves, but still, he is 38 years old. He has really lost something on his fastball. He has never necessarily been the world's greatest swing and miss guy to start with. So, do you mind up saying the Diamondbacks? Minus 155 on the money line. Being able to get this chalky of a run line as well. Being able to get north of a plus 140 there. I'm going to just take the run line of the Arizona Diamondbacks, even though I do think that the Diamondbacks, as they've done all season long, going to play a little bit more of a low-scoring game at home. Diamondbacks played nearly two-thirds of their games to the under at home thus far this season. I think that that trend continues. Semi-total at 8.6, so looking under and looking stakes on the run line. 965, 966. This will be in conjunction with 977, 978 as we've got a double dip between the Cleveland Guardians and the Chicago White Sox. White Sox are the home team and right now on the betting board, they've got to be determined for both of their games. Meanwhile, for Cleveland, game one, it is confirmed that it's going to be one to the stem McKenzie for them. Game two is right now to be determined. I'm thinking that Connor Pilkington is going to be going in game two for the Cleveland Guardians. And right now, ESPN has projected Johnny Cueto for game one for the Chicago White Sox. Game two is a little bit of a mystery. It would line up for Lance Lynn being able to get the start, though. And if we wind up getting Lance Lynn out there, I'm probably going to be betting against him in either of these games because he's got a 6 ERA. He's been one of the best fades out there in all of baseball. The over has been hitting in darn near all of his starts aside from perhaps the one against the Detroit Tigers. And even that one, I think, wanted going over. I think that he wound up having just one 
mirage of a start in which he wound up having a 1-0 game against the San Francisco Giants, but past that, dude has given up three-plus runs in all but one of his starts thus far this season, so it's not great there, but let's dive into first this Tristan McKenzie versus Johnny Cueto start, and in Cueto versus McKenzie, I did wind up saying Cueto has a minus-138 favorite. Right now, we have no numbers on either of these games, but it or less we'll be looking at an over in half prior to the under. Johnny Cueto has actually been very solid this year. A 280 ERA, strikeouts per nine rate, nothing flashy, right around seven strikeouts per nine innings, but he's held down the fork, giving up right around 2.4 walks per nine innings, a little bit over a home run per nine innings, and on the road, he's actually been significantly better than at home, 389 home ERA, compared to a buck 70 on the road, so that's been a little bit of an issue, but still, he's been able to do a nice job being able to hold it down, and for Tristan McKenzie, he actually got sent down to the minor league level last year due to his command being so bad. That has not been the case this season, as he has really been able to do a nice job of being able to hone in on those walks, right around 2.4 walks per nine innings. Now, deep ball is killing him. He's given up right around 1.45 home runs per nine innings, and many of them have come on the road. Among his 16 home runs surrendered thus far this season, 12 of them have wanted coming on the road, but with that said, many more innings on the road for him, and he's got a 338 ERA overall. And for the Cleveland Guardians, it's a relatively solid bullpen. Trevor Steven has a sub-3.5 ERA. They've got Nick Sandlin back in the fold. Emmanuel Classe has been lights out as a closer as well. And for the Guardians, you know that this is a team that's not going to be able to deliver a lot of power, but you're able to say that really about both of these teams as well, as the White Sox are finding themselves in the bottom eight in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game. They really don't have anyone that's got north of 12 home runs. Now, you do have Jose Abreu, Andrew Vaughn, along with Luis Robert. All these guys are in between about a 300 to a 305, and all these guys have between 10 and 12 home runs, and then Tim Anderson, he's hitting a 310 as well, but you've got Yasmani Grandal back in the fold. He has really been nothing special this year. A.J. Pollock has been a little bit of a bust Rooney. He, Josh Harrison, hitting right around 230. Evil Jimenez has not been able to find himself, and then for the Cleveland Guardians, got a lineup that has a lot of guys that they just, as I mentioned, get on base. Josh Naylor, Amit Rosario, Jose Ramirez, Steven Kwan, you're able to throw in there Andres Jimenez as well. Only between about a 275 to a 300. With Jimenez, he's been able to give the team 10 home runs. Jose Ramirez, he really has been the guy to be able to drive guys in. 76 RBI thus far this season. You do have guys like a mile straw that need to pick it up a little bit. But the Guardians, they do a good job of being able to just get to that next station, be able to keep the line moving. So I do think that they wind up giving themselves a relatively good chance in this one. I did wind up saying the White Sox minus 138 at home. Eight or less going to be looking at over eight and a half or higher to the under. And then we wind up getting to what is going to be the other game. And if it is going to be Connor Pilkington against Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn would be a minus 123. And against Tristan McKenzie, I would make Tristan McKenzie a road favorite because he's that bad. I laid it out for Lance Lynn a little bit earlier. And for Connor Pilkington, interesting guy. He's been able to make a few starts. I liked him while he was at Mississippi State a few seasons ago, and still certainly a little bit raw. It's a 424 ERA overall, and it's actually been a little bit better on the road. 395 road ERA compared to a 439 ERA at home, and the big thing for him is that he's just got to work on the command just a little bit, as right now his walks per nine rate that is hovering in the neighborhood of about four and a half. Opponents are a 275 off of him, but gets swings and misses. A little bit over eight strikeouts per nine innings. Now, it is important to note that Connor Pilkington is a lefty, and when you wind up having a left-handed starter against the White Sox, that is a little bit of a roll of the dice because the White Sox made about 40 points higher against lefties and righties, and their home run rate goes up by about 75%. So that is something to keep in mind, which is why I did wind up saying a little bit higher total if it would be Pilkington versus Lynn, where a nine or less, I'd be looking at an over nine and a half or higher to the under. I already played it out with regards to position players and everything like that, but that's where we're looking with both of these games now. Subject 
subject to a little bit of change because the pitching matchups still a little bit TBD. 967, 968 on the betting board. The Houston Astros throw to face off against the Seattle Mariners as Logan Gilbert is going to be going for the M's and Justin Verlander is on the bump for Houston. Easton is finding themselves as a favorite anywhere between minus 126 and minus 135. And between plus 115 and plus 120 is going to be your price on Seattle. Seven is your total. The over and the under are anywhere between even and minus 120. So, got a lot of movement there. And I want the under because I do wind up saying my total is 6.8. I think that we're going to see an absolutely supreme pitching matchup. And we know that going into the All-Star break, the Mariners, they want riding that absolutely tremendous 14-game win streak. But Justin Verlander is just built a little bit differently with Verlander. He wound up having a tremendous first start of the season with a 12-3 record, 189 ERA. Wound up giving up less than a home run per nine innings. This guy, even though the swing of his stuff is down a little bit, he just knows how to be able to grind through games. And against Seattle thus far this season, he's made four starts. He does have a 293 ERA to wind up dropping one of those games. And the M's have been able to get to him. Five of the home runs that he surrendered this year have wound up coming against Seattle. But that said, this is also a Houston Astros lineup that now the revamp. Jordan Alvarez is right back in the fold for the team. Entered into yesterday with 27 bombs, hitting above a 300. And top of that, for the Houston Astros, got quite a few guys that are doing a nice job of being able to go yard as you've been able to have Alex Bregman along with Kyle Tucker, both in between about a 245 to a 255. Bregman doing a great job of being able to get on base. Kyle Tucker, 18 home runs. Jose Altuve, 17. And then Jeremy Pena and Bregman, a combined 25 home runs with Pena hitting a 265. Yoli Gurriel, Alamendis Diaz, Jake Myers at the bottom of the fold, hitting between about a 230 to a 235. But most of these guys have been able to pick it up a little bit. Meanwhile, for Seattle, Julio Rodriguez and Eugenio Suarez, both of these guys, 16 home runs right around a 335 on base. And with Rodriguez, I mean, he wound up having a tremendous all-star game festivities with the home run derby and the game itself. So we shall see if that launches him towards the second half of the season. Kyle Lewis returned to the fold yesterday, a former 2020 AL Rookie of the Year. That should be a lot this team out a little bit in terms of their lineup. Jesse Winker, over the last, we're going to call it five or so weeks, he's really been able to pick it up as well. Ever since his suspension, he's been hitting right around at 285. That's a Jesse Winker that we all know and love, Ty France, hitting above the 300, but the big key is both of these bullpens are dominant. Astros have been in the top two in terms of bullpen ERA all season long with Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek, Seth Martinez, all posting up a sub-2 ERA, and Ryan Plusville is still being locked down, and for the Seattle Mariners, over the last 35 days entering into yesterday, Buck 69 ERA in the bullpen. That is the best out there in the big leagues. Someone like a Diego Casio had a 9 ERA in the first month or so of the season. He's posted up a sub-2 ERA over the last 35 days. You got the same for Andres Munoz. You've been able to get some good production out of Paul Sewald all season long. Logan Gilbert has certainly been able to do his job all year as well as he's been able to post up an ERA that is suffering right in the neighborhood about a 2-3. But with Logan Gilbert as well, he's going to be going up against quite a few righties and against right-handed hitters, he winds up struggling a little bit. So that is something to keep note of as righties are hitting right around a 265 off of him, bucks 97 against lefties as well. And in the times that he's faced off against Houston, he's been relatively solid, posting up a 208 ERA and two starts, giving up three runs in 13 innings. So he's been able to hold down the fourth there, but have to have a little bit of trepidation there. And for the Gilbert, 321 home ERA to a 242 ERA on the road. I'm going to lay up to a minus 128 with the Houston Astros. So minus 125, minus 126 I'm seeing. I'm going to be one take the Astros, and I'm going to be looking at the 7 under 969-970 on the banking board. The Boston Red Sox play OC Toronto Blue Jays as Cutter Crawford is going to be getting the start for the Sox. And Alec Manoa, Manoa what? He's going to be going for the Jays. And the Blue Jays are finding themselves 
Favorites between minus 125 and minus 130. Between plus 115 and plus 120. Your price on Boston. Nine is your total. The over is minus 120 and the under is even. And with the Blue Jays, I was willing to lay up to a minus 143 on them. Now, I don't think that the Blue Jays are going to be able to get an inside the park grand slam in which the ball winds up getting lost in the lights. But that said, this is a guy in Alec Manoa that has just been completely locked down all season long. Looked very good in his stint out there in the All-Star game, and he's not necessarily been a strikeout artist this season. A little bit over eight strikeouts per nine innings, but has done a great job just in terms of not putting guys on cheaply. He gives up right around 2.2 walks per nine innings. His opponent's batting average off of him is a 205, so he's done a good job being able to induce some soft contact as well, and against Boston in two starts thus far this season, he's given up two earned runs, three in total over the course of 14 innings, so he's been solid against this team, and for Cutter Crawford, it's been a little bit all over the place for him. He's been utilized as a long reliever. He's made a few starts. He's given up overall this season right around 1.3 home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate is what really concerns me. He's giving up nearly four walks per nine innings, but overall, has been able to hold down the fort a little bit, though. His home ERA being a 509. That's not terrific. And for the Boston Red Sox, I mean, boy, oh boy. They want to giving up 21 runs within the first five innings to the Toronto Blue Jays, and it just turned into utilizing as many bullpen pieces as humanly possible. This was just an absolute calamity. Austin Davis, you wound up having Caleb Ort or Winston Hernandez. You wound up getting used up, so you got to figure that Jake Diekman is going to see some innings here. I mean, it could turn into a case in which he started like a Brian Bell. You might need to utilize him in the long relief of things wind up getting really bad with Cutter Crawford because he's a guy that's a little bit all over the place as well. Banner Elk is able to give you multiple innings as well, and he's been able to do a solid job out there in the bullpen. But, I mean, Murphy's Law certainly did wind up hitting the Boston Red Sox yesterday, but I will say this about the Boston Red Sox. You still have a very good lineup. Now, Jaron Duran, after he didn't chase after that inside the park grand slam, I don't know what his future is, but with that said, Rob Revsnyder, Xander Bogarts, J.D. Martinez, along with Rafael Devers, all these guys are in at least a 300, and for Rafael Devers, he's been able to do a really nice job of being able to go yard for this team. He has been able to supply 22 home runs thus far this season. Christian Vasquez has been able to hit a 280 as well, so that's much more solid than the state of the Boston Red Sox bullpen after yesterday, and for the Toronto Blue Jays, I mean, who didn't wind up being able to drive in some runs yesterday. It was absolutely insane as you've got Flyer Girl Jr., Ramiel Tapia, throw in there Teoscar Hernandez, Santiago Spenel, all now hitting between about a 270 to a 280. And I mean, for Teoscar Hernandez, he's been hitting about a 320 ever since he wanted coming off the injured list. Flyer Jr., he's got 20 plus home runs thus far this season. Boba Shed, he's been able to about a 260. He's been able to supply the boom with 14 home runs. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, the big trepidation that you've got is a bullpen. They were able to leave out their Kevin Gosman a little bit longer than they needed to because well, and such a big lead that they could have him eat innings, but with that said, David Phelps, Tim Mesa, both of these guys have right around a 3 ERA when you wind up getting into Jeremy Beasley and Anthony Banda. That's not too great, but Adam Simber has been able to do a solid job as well. I think that Manoa going to be able to go out there, give a relatively solid start, and I certainly don't think that either team is going to be scoring north of three touchdowns in this one. I set my total at an 8.2. I think that Crawford going to be able to give an okay effort here, and I think that Manoa going to be able to shut down the Red Sox. So I'm looking at an under, and I'm looking at the Blue Jays on the money line as we go 971-972 on the betting board. The Detroit Tigers, they are going to be playing us to the Minnesota Twins as Joe Ryan is going to be going for the Twins and Michael Pineda. Oops, it not be Michael Pineda for Detroit. Detroit is finding themselves as a very sizable underdog anywhere between plus 145 and plus 152. Meanwhile, with the Twins, it's anywhere between minus 160 and minus 170. A and half is your total. Under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. And with Detroit, 
I was willing to take anything north of a plus 150 on them. I needed at least a plus 152 to take a shot. We have gotten to a plus 152, so I'm going to be taking a look at this Detroit Tigers team now for the Tigers. Dead last in the league in terms of runs generated on a per-game basis. That, no doubt, is not necessarily too terrific for this bunch. And for the Detroit Tigers, it's going to be interesting to see when you're going to be able to get out of them without Spencer Torkelson getting sent down to the AAA level. As you know, sitting below the Mendoza, I am a 200. But right now, he's in very, very good company as all these guys on this Tigers team are hitting a 216 or lower. Jonathan Scope, Robbie Grossman, Javi Baez. Tucker Barnard, Jamir Candelario, Keel Badu, Zach Short, Cody Clements. It has been a very big issue for this team. Now, you do have Miguel Cabrera in a 285, but also an issue for this bunch. Still don't have anyone with a double-digit amount of homers for the Detroit Tigers. They've got 54 as a whole. Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton as a two-man duo for the Yankees have more home runs. It's been terrible, but with that said, you do have a Tigers team that's in the top five in terms of bullpen ERA. Alex Lang has been able to give you good innings. He's got a sub-2-5 ERA. Same goes for Michael Fulmer. It's been a case in which Andrew Chafin has been very good for this team. He's got a sub-2-5 ERA. Jose Cicerino is getting re-acclimated to the big league level. Wound up having a few rough seasons, but I think that he's going to be able to provide some good innings as well. And for Joe Ryan, he's not necessarily flashy. He doesn't do one thing great, but he's been able to be very solid for the Minnesota Twins. 299 ERA. As a matter of fact, his ERA on the road winds up dropping to a 290. His home runs per nine rate hovers right in the neighborhood about a 1.1. Walks per nine, how about like two and a half-ish. Opponents at a 210 off of him. He doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but he still gets right around eight strikeouts per nine innings. And for Michael Pineda, he's just merely hoping to not be Mr. Michael Pineda. Wound up getting completely lit up in his last start against the Cleveland Guardians. But, I mean, that's really the lone clunker that he wound up having. He's given up four runs or fewer in every one of his other starts. Three runs or fewer in all but one of them. So, I do think that you're going to see a little bit more of a stable Michael Pineda at home this season. He's got a 296 ERA across his six starts. Opponents are a 245 off of him. Home run ball has been a little bit of an issue as he's giving up a home runs per nine rate that hovers in the neighborhood about a 1.5. But, I do think that he's going to be able to do a good job of holding it down here now with Minnesota. Byron Buxton has gone deep 23 times, but he's also hitting right around at 215 for this bunch, though. For the Twins, you've got a lot of guys able to move the line. Luis Arias, he is currently hitting a 335 with north of a 400 on base. That has been amazing for this team. Alex Gerloff, Gilberto Sestino, throwing there Gio Urshela, Nick Gordon, Jose Miranda, they're in between a 250 to a 268, and been able to get a little bit of power out of Ore Palanco, 14 home runs. Carlos Correa, he's hitting a 280 as well. So I do think that the Twins are going to be able to generate some runs, but I do think that this is going to be a good pitching matchup. And I mean, the Tigers, they played over 60% of their games to the under. I think that we're going to see that continue. Set my total at a 7.3. So looking under and with the Tigers, want to take a plus 152 or greater with them. So look at Tigers and looking under. 973, 974 on the betting board. We've got the Baltimore Orioles playing us to the New York Yankees as Garrett Cole is going to be going for the Yankees and Jordan Lyles is going to be on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore is finding themselves as a pretty sizable underdog. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise, as they're anywhere between plus 195 and plus 209. Meanwhile, with the Yankees, it's anywhere between minus 220 and minus 231. Eight is your total, with the over at a minus 120 to a minus 125. The under, say, between even and plus 105. Seeing an 8.5 out there as well. On the 8.5, the under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. And I think that we've gone a little bit too far on Garrett Cole. Do I think that he should be a nice size favorite in this spot? Absolutely. But with that said, I was only willing to make him a minus 163 favorite because because it feels like once a month, and I have no idea how to be able to drag this on a calendar or anything like that, but 
like one start a month, Garrett Cole just winds up having a start in which you would expect from like an outer space Martian. It's just really, really bad. And then it'll go out and the next four starts will be completely dominant. And then it'll give one really bad start. I don't know how, I don't know why, but that just seems to be the MO of Garrett Cole. But I mean, he's got a 302 ERA. He is giving up right in the neighborhood about 1.4 home runs per nine innings. He should be priced as a pretty sizable favorite, but I mean, a 425 ERA on the road with 10 home runs given up in 48 and two-thirds innings. That doesn't seem to be a guy that should be north of a $2 favorite against the Baltimore Orioles team that entered the All-Star break at 500 now. Jordan Lyles, he's got an unsightly 476 ERA, but you've got to look at his home and road splits, in my opinion. He's got a 612 road ERA, 272 ERA at home. All 15 of the home runs he has surrendered in 107 and two-thirds innings thus far this season, they have all come on the road. His box per nine rate is a little bit below three, and the Baltimore Orioles pack him up with a bullpen that ranks in the top six in the big leagues in terms of ERA. So you've got all these guys posting up an ERA of a 2-5 or lower, as you've got Dylan Tate, Keegan Aiken, CNL Perez, Ore Lopez, Felix Bautista, Joey Kreeble, Keegan Aiken, all in that fold. So these guys have been terrific. And for the Yankees, Lucas Luki has really been able to pick it up in terms of his bullpen ERA over the last two months. That has been refreshing to see. Aroldis Chapman still needs to be able to figure some things out. There's no question about that. Michael King, he's been able to do a good job out there in the bullpen right around 235 ERA. Clay Holmes, he's got a sub buck 50 ERA. Wandy Peralta has been able to give you some nice innings as well. And no doubt, this is a Yankee team that they've got the most powerful lineup out there in the big league. Says you've got Anthony Rizzo. So, Juan Giancarlo Sane being able to combine for about 46 home runs this season. And Aaron Judge, 36 home runs. He is not quite on Barry Bonds' pace, but he's honestly not overly far off of it at this point, as crazy as it is to say. Now, Sane and Rizzo probably want to pick up their batting averages as these two guys, couple with Josh Allenson, they be doing about a 220 to a 235, but DJ, DJ turned it up. Think about a 285. Isaiah Canera has been able to hit 275. Matt Carpenter has been amazing. And for the Baltimore Orioles, you do have guys that are able to move the line for the team. Trey Boom. Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, Cedric Mullins, along with Austin the Say's kid. I'm between about a 260 to a 275. Anthony Sandander, along with Mountcastle, have been able to combine for 29 home runs as far this season. You need a little bit more power, but Adelie Rushman, the former number one overall pick, after a little bit of a rough go of it at the big league level, he's starting to pick it up. He's been hitting with right around a 333 on base over the last 30 days for this bunch. And Ori Mateo, one of the best base sealers out there in the big leagues. Should Garrett Cole be a favorite here? Yes. Should he be a $2 favorite? No was willing to take anything north of a plus 165 on the Orioles. So I'm going to be taking a shot on the money line. The Orioles have been able to do a solid job holding down the fort with their bullpen as well. Did wind up setting my total south of 8. I wound up setting it more around a 7.7. So looking under and I'm going to be taking a look at the New York Yankees in this spot as well. 975-976 on the betting board. The Tampa Bay Rays and they are going to be on the road facing off against Kansas City Royals. To be determined is going to be going for the Tampa Bay Rays. So this is a game that is presently off the board. Meanwhile, we do know that it is going to be Brady singer trying to not sing the blues for our good friends the Kansas City Royals so this is a game that is presently off the board but I'm figuring that we're going to get Luis Patino in some form or fashion for the Tampa Bay Rays, whether that be as a actual starter or if it be as an opener. And if we do wind up getting Patino in some form or fashion against Brady Singer, I didn't mind saying the Rays as a minus 114 favorite. We need at least a plus 155 to take a look at them laying around an F on the run line. And in F or less, we'll be looking at an over a nine or higher to the under with Brady Singer. 
It's been a case where he wanted going down to the minor leagues, and right when he got up from the minor leagues, he looked absolutely tremendous, but he seems to be starting to regress a little bit more, and this is a Tampa Bay Rays team that they certainly have had their issues in terms of being able to figure out some starters, but you know that this is a team that's going to be able to maneuver that bullpen, and when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays as well, what you absolutely love is that you do have guys who are able to give you multiple innings, like Luke Bard, who's been able to give this team two to three innings at a time. He's got a sub-three ERA. It's been very solid when you've been seeing out of someone like Matt Weiser. He's come in as an opener. He's posting up a sub-two five ERA. Jason Adam, sub-two ERA as well, and for the Kansas City Royals, this team out there in the American League has the worst bullpen ERA out there in that league, as you do have now Josh Shamon back in the fold. That's very solid as prior to him going on the injured list, it looked like he was starting to figure it out. And Scott Barlow has been able to post up right around a two-ish ERA, but got a lot of guys that they need to figure something else out. Wyatt Mills has right around a 540 ERA and has been a very bad season for Mir Garrett, north of a 6 ERA. Whenever Colin Sanders has been out there as he's been dealing with injuries, he's posting up north of a 7 ERA, but then you've got Jackson Cowher to be able to take his place with right around a 9 ERA, and this is a Royals bunch that they just don't have a lot of firepower in their lineup. Now, Bobby Witt Jr. has been able to north of a 260 over the last 30 days. He's right now leading the way with 13 home runs for the team, but he is really the only guy that's on the injured list that's been able to supply a double-digit amount of formers this season. Now, Andrew Benatendi at Olivares entered into the second half of the season, hitting above 300, and then you've got Hunter Dozier, Michael A. Taylor, probably these guys hitting right around 265, but then you've got MJ Melendez, Kyle Isabel, Vinny Pasquinto, Ryan O'Hearn, all hitting a 225 or lower for this bunch. For the Tampa Bay Rays, having Wander Franco on the fold, that does wind up hurting them, but guys like a Yandy Diaz and G-Man Choi with a north of 375 on-base percentage. Randy Rosarena has been able to about a 255 for this team as well. You need a little bit more out of Isaac Paredes. He wound up having a good display of power about three to four weeks ago, but only a 225 with 13 home runs overall for the season. Francisco Mejia at the catcher spot has been solid. And then you got guys like Josh Lowe, Taylor Walls, Brett Phillips, Vidal Brujan hitting a 225 or lower, but Brandon Lau has come back and he has been able to get loud for the team now hitting right around 215. He's got plenty of pop in the bat, so I do think that in the case of Luis Patino versus Brady Singer that the Rage should be more around a minus 114. We haven't seen a lot out of Patino this season. I think that you've really got to take a look at the career numbers with him because, well, he's thrown four innings as far as the season, but he's always been a little bit prone to the home run ball, giving up right around 1.55 home runs per nine innings. So walks per nine, that is a little bit high, but has always been able to get good swings and misses. I do think that this is probably going to be a spot in which it's going to be similar to his last start prior to the All-Star break in which he wanted going three and a third innings. I don't expect Patino to really be going much more than four or so innings if he does wind up being a bulk guy slash a starter. So, wanted to set the race as a slight minus 114 favorite in half or less looking over nine or higher to the under 977-978. That was part of White Sox versus Guardians. That double dip. So, we go to 979-980 on the main board. The Oakland A's are going to be playing us to the Walker Texas Rangers as we got Taylor Hearn who's going to be on the bump for the Rangers and James Caprillion is on the bump for Oakland. Oakland is a slight underdog of anywhere between plus 105 and plus 112. Meanwhile, anywhere between minus 120 and minus 125. Your price on Texas. 7.5 is your total. Under is minus 120 and the over is even. And with Texas, I did want to say them the underdog in this spot of minus 134 because I just can't get behind being able to back Taylor Hearn. This guy's been absolutely terrible all season long in the role of a starter. He's got one of the worst ERAs that you're going to find out there in the big leagues as overall Mr. Hearn is a 578 ERA. He has actually come out of the bullpen for a few appearances so starter's ERA is north of a 6. Not good, to say the least. And the big thing for Taylor Hearn is that he just has no command. Right around 4.3 walks for 9 innings. Swinging the miss stuff is not bad. Right around 8 strikeouts for 9 innings. And with Mr. Hearn, take a look at the way that he's pitching on the road. An 861 ERA with 6 bombs given up in 23 innings. He's been pretty 
cataclysmically bad. Meanwhile, for James Caprillion, he seems to be looking a little bit more like the James Caprillion from last season. He's been able to round into form, giving up three runs or fewer in each out of his last four starts. Now, the walks, that is a big-time issue with him as well. He's given up right around 4.2 walks per nine innings himself. It's actually been worse at home than on the road. 540 home area compared to a 487 on the road. This is going to be a nighttime game out there in Oakland, though, so the Marine layer is going to be out. That is going to help out with the deep ball. He's given up seven bombs, given up in 28 and a third innings. And, I mean, it is a case in which he's actually given up more home runs during the nighttime rather than the daytime, which makes no sense whatsoever out there in Oakland. But I do think that he's starting to find himself a little bit more. And with the Oakland A's, they do back him up with a few guys out there in the bullpen that do a solid job. As you've got A.J. Puck, Sam Mull, Domingo, Acevedo, all guys are able to give you a sub-3 ERA. And then Zach Jackson is in that fold as well. So you do have a couple of trustworthy guys. Big thing for this Oakland A's team is that you've got no offense whatsoever. You don't have a single guy that has seen more than we're going to call it 30 at-bats this season, hitting above a 241 entering into Friday. Now, you did have a pair of guys with a double-digit amount of homers. Sean Murphy and Seth Brown, a combined 21 home runs thus far this season. So, finally, they've been able to get a little bit of something going. But guys like a Sheldon Noisy have not been able to live up to expectations. Sky Bolt is hitting a 205. Tony Kemp has delivered nothing whatsoever. It has been a sad state of affairs for the team. Meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, we've got a lot of balance in the lineup. This is headlined by Corey Seager. The fact that he's been able to give the team 22 home runs, hitting right around 250. That's been tremendous for this bunch. And then got a lot of guys that have been able to do a nice job hitting between, we're going to call it 12 and 13 home runs. Jonah Heim, Nate Lowe, along with Marcus Simeon are all in that fold. And with Heim and Nate Lowe, you're able to throw in there Ezekiel Duran along with Charlie Culverson as well. They're all in between about a 255 to 270. Simeon sitting more in the pocket about a 245. And you've got Leody Tavares. At 345. The Texas Rangers bullpen has been relatively solid this year, but they've been dealing with a little bit of an injury to Joe Barlow, one of their better pieces. So that's put them behind the eight ball a little bit. Brock Burke has been able to give you a sub two ERA. Matt Moore has been very good in this bullpen as well. He's been able to give you a sub two ERA, but we've seen regression with guys like Garrett Richards and Dennis Santana as well, which is why I just can't trust in Taylor Hearn in this spot. I do think that Caprillion is starting to be able to round into form a little bit more. I do mind him saying Matt Doyle at 7.8 because, well, both of these starters have had their issues this year, and I think that Taylor Hearn, before departs is going to give up some runs to a, shall we say, less than seller Oakland A's lineup. So, looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking the plus price with Oakland, and we wrap things up with 981, 982 on the bank board. The Atlanta Braves are going to be playing OC LA Angels. Patrick Sandoval is going to be going for the Angels, and got Kyle Wright, hoping to be Mr. Wright for Atlanta. Atlanta is anywhere between a minus 188 to a minus 195 favorite. Meanwhile, anywhere between plus 165 and plus 175. Your price on the Angels, 8.5 is your total. Over is minus 115, and the under is minus 105. Needed at least a plus 190 to be able to take a nibble here on the Angels. If you're looking at this run line of the Atlanta Braves, you're finding it in a lot of spots right around even money to a plus 105. Even money or better is pretty much what I'm willing to take with the Atlanta Braves. Once you wind up getting to a minus 105 or greater, that's really the point of no return on my opinion, but that said, being able to get plus 105, even money, that is favorable for me because you got a guy in Kyle Wright who has been Mr. Wright for this team all season long as he's went out there, he's been able to get nearly nine and a half strikeouts for nine innings, and the big thing for him is that he has been able to do a good job of being able to tame the walks. He's been giving up right around 2.7, 2.8-ish walks per nine innings. At home, he's actually been a little bit worse than on the road. 272 road area compared to a 309 at home, but still, nine home runs given up on 110 innings overall. At home, still a sub-1 home run per nine innings rate as well, so he's been able to go out there, he's been able to do his job, and for Patrick Sandoval, his strikeout stuff is solid. He's getting nine and a half strikeouts per nine innings, and 
And this guy really does a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up just four home runs in 81 innings. The big thing with him is that you sometimes question if he's going to be able to deliver a lot of length because he's been giving up four walks per nine innings. That is really his kryptonite. And home and road, been very consistent. 295 home area, 305 road area. He's backed up by a terrible bullpen, though. You've got Aaron Loop along with... Rossiel Iglesias are on the Ryan Tapera, your 7th through ninth inning guys, all posting up in the area of a 350 or higher. When it comes to this Angels lineup, they appear to be a little bit lost as well. Mike Trout has been dealing with an injury. That really puts them behind the eight ball. You do have Shohei Otani, so maybe we'll give you 19 home runs. He's hitting 255 for the team, and we have seen Luis Renifo be able to step up. He's hitting a 260 Taylor Ward. Overall for the season, a double-digit amount of homers with a 380 on base. Take a look at him ever since he's come off the injured list, and he has not been the same guy. And then you got guys like Max Dassey, Jonathan VR, Andrew Velasquez hitting a 215 or lower for this bunch. Jared Walsh has seen a little bit of regression too. And then for the Atlanta Braves, how about this? Just superstar lineup that you've got. Matt Olson. he has really been able to go yard for the team. Seeing like a 255 overall with 17 home runs, but you take a look at what he's been able to do in his last, we're going to call it 50 or so at bats. Five bombs in that time span. He has really been able to shape up there. Marcelo Zuna only a 220, but he's been able to give you 17 home runs. Michael Harris, he's second along with Dansby Swanson, Austin Riley, all these guys in between a 280 to a 295, and for Riley, he has been able to go deep to the tune of 27 times this season. James B. Swanson, a double-digit amount of bombs. Ronald Acuna Jr., 360 on base, and then for the Atlanta Braves, top bullpen in terms of ERA in the National League is A.J. Minter has been able to give you a sub-2-5 ERA. Dylan Lee has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA, been able to have some good innings out of even someone like a Colin McHugh, who wound up having a little bit of a tough start to the season. Jesse Chavez has been able to come in and hold down the fort now. Kenley Jansen is a run-line blower. You're hoping to not see him in the ninth inning, but by and large, very good Atlanta Braves team that I think should be able to win this game by multiple runs, especially with the ailments currently facing the LA Angels lineup. I did want to say my total at 8.6 because with Kyle Wright, his strikeout numbers have went down just a little bit, and I do think that this is a Braves team that they're going to be able to get Sandoval out of the fold early, and then they wind up getting into that bad bullpen. So looking at the Braves on the run line and the over, and that will wrap things up for the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, the Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Citra and tune in. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, whatever you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, letters EM they mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five, five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Work.